Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Did you intend to make a rhyme there when you were saying they wouldn't have sent Stephon Gilmore down the river if they believed J.C. Jackson was chopped liver? They didn't let Stephon Gilmore float down the river. Ring, ding, dong. Because they thought J.C. Jackson was chopped liver. Ring, a ding, 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 dong. That was, that damn that was good. That rolled off the tongue nicely. Stephon Gilmore down, down the river. J.C. Jackson chopped, chopped, chopped liver. EJ does it again. Man, he's on fire lately. On fire. Boom. (laughs) Wow. PFT Live. Hello to everybody. Seeking a diversion from more troubling world events here on Peacock, Sirius XM 85. Hello to our friends in the UK and in Ireland watching on Sky Sports. If we're on there tonight. If we're not, no hello for you. You won't hear it anyway. (laughs) Deal with uh, it. Hi, it's Thursday. My hey, days how you are doing? All, my days are all kind of uh, obviously I figured out it was Thursday based on my attire, but it took yeah, me a exactly. While. Thank you. Thank like, you. <laughs> every morning when I wake up, the first question I ask myself after do I have to pee because the answer is always yes is uh, what day is it? And uh I've been doing that more and more often lately. Maybe it's a function of age, but uh I did eventually conclude that today is Thursday and it's PFT live. It's the Friday for Christopher. Oh yeah, so we'll baby. Try to, oh we'll try yeah, to have some fun. And, Casual Friday on a Thursday. And you've been you've been cutting it close with the show lately. I mean, it's it's been a lot of you know six fifty eight and thirty seconds before you walk into the, your little studio there. You know, I mean, yeah, I don't know what's happening with you lately. Days off. Well, no, don't know well, what well, day it is. Here's what's happened. <laughs> here's what's happened. I've been waking up earlier. I wake up in time to go to PFT. I get in the program that we use to post stories. I copy paste snarky comment. Before I know it, I'm I'm cutting it close to get myself camera ready, and we all know that takes plenty of time. Plenty so, of time. Uh, yeah, 
So I, I am better off. I said this the other day. I'm better off waking up at 10 minutes till 7 than waking up at 6.10 like I did today. Well, it's do just it. Let's do it one day next week. Let's see. Let's, let's do an experiment called Mikey yeah. Gets Up at 6.50 one day and see if he get, how he looks for the 7 a.m. show. I'd like to see that. Uh, put your money where your mouth is, Florio. Let's see you do it. All, all I'm saying is I got a better chance I know to be on mean. time I know. when I wake up then. I got so, you. I got the story you. I wrote today, by the way, this is a complete diversion, although it does dovetail with yesterday's move. I was surprised to see, and this was an article on Yahoo.com, that the 49ers are drawing roughly 30% of the action for NFC champion future bet. So their odds have dropped, obviously, as you get the money loaded up. But 30% of the money on the 49ers, distant second, the Cowboys behind them, the Packers. And that makes sense because you don't know what Aaron Rodgers is doing until the past two days. Why would you bet on the Packers at plus 450? But the 49ers are down to plus 600 because of all the, the action that has been placed on them. And that's without Tom Brady. Just wait until they get Tom Brady. I mean, you got to think that's why it's, it's going down that way, right? People are trying to call their shot with the, the quarterback situation. I mean, we know the 49ers are super talented and going to be one of the better teams in football. But I got to think that's the logic, at least behind the majority of these betters putting their money on the 49ers, that they think a Tom Brady move is going to happen. And that's why they're doing it. Well, but a lot of the action for the MVP futures bet is on Trey Lance. Whoa, okay. So that's Which is kind things. of strange. It is. For a guy who's done not much of anything, he's the third highest target for the MVP bet. So, And his odds, obviously, are dropping, too, as a result of that. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's interesting. Well, that, didn't, that just tells you people have confidence in Shanahan and the 49ers and what they're going to do on that side of the ball. And that, you know, I guess some of these betters think that Shanahan's going to unveil some sort of offensive system or attack that's going to catch people by surprise. And Trey Lance, of course, is going to be the benefactor of that, or benefactor of that. So, uh, benefactor, there we go. Uh, but, yeah. Third time's I mean, a charm as well. Third time's a charm. I, I mean, I get it. I mean, the 49ers, you, you look at their team, yeah, they got some free agents that they got to figure out, but nothing like glaring to where you go, oh, my gosh, wow. Uh, so they're sitting pretty, and they're certainly one of the, the most well-built teams in all of football. And currently, the balance of power is in the AFC. Even though NFC teams have won the last two Super Bowls, the best teams, the best quarterbacks are congregating in the AFC, especially after the trade that happened on Tuesday that sent Russell Wilson tentatively official in six days to the Denver Broncos. But... And this leads to the top story today. Another surprise out of nowhere. And we discussed yesterday Jimmy G versus Carson Wentz. The Washington Commanders have made their move. After calling every team in search of a quarterback, they have found a team that was more than willing to part ways with that. You get very motivated seller, extremely motivated buyer, and you have a new home for Carson Wentz. Back to the NFC Back East. to the NFC East. With the Washington Commanders. And the, the, there's a lot that was invested by Washington relative to where Carson Wentz's current talents are. A pair of third-round picks. Next year's third-rounder could become a second-rounder. They've swapped their second-round picks this year, which bumps Indy up by five spots from 47 to 42. And uh, 
Washington gets the guy who was the second overall pick in the 2016 draft. There have been a lot of draft picks invested in Carson Wentz from the trade up. Seriously. By Philly, the trade to Indy, and now the trade to Washington. I'm I, my, my first reaction was I can't believe they got that much with Washington also taking on the full salary. But when you consider how desperate Washington was right. to find a quarterback, it, it makes sense. Definitely. I mean, I think you look at it and you go, okay, options available now after Aaron Rodgers picks Green Bay, Russell Wilson, Denver Broncos. They obviously had a hard no to the Deshaun Watson situation or didn't want to wait around for that. The next option to me after that, like we discussed a little yesterday, is Carson Wentz. Now, I know some people are going to go, wait, what about Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, I get it. I'd take Carson Wentz over Jimmy Garoppolo. When all things were, if all things are even, I'm going with, with Carson Wentz. And Jimmy Garoppolo just had shoulder surgery, and there's no guarantee he's going to be 100% by training camp or anything you know, around that time frame. So we'll see. And that's why, yeah, if you're Washington, you're sitting there, and as we've talked about a lot over the last 10 days, I mean, they're a team that was telling everybody, we need a quarterback, we need a quarterback. They were willing to get into conversations with whoever it was. They were making that clear, and they got left out. So they made a, they made a move with Carson Wentz, and I understand that. And, again, Carson Wentz, he's, he's a, a lightning rod subject at quarterback, but I do think he's worthy of being one of the 32 starting quarterbacks. He's still a good player. There's just issues that come along with it, and that's why he's going to be on his third team in three years because I think there are issues there that need to be addressed or fixed or whatever you want to say. Two comments from last week at the scouting combine that really resonate now that we see Washington making the move for Wentz. First, GM Martin Mayhew pointed out that he wasn't entirely sure there was a fair process last year in the trade that sent Matthew Stafford from the Lions to the Rams. So I think at some level, Washington, nervous about getting the rug pulled out from under them, just gets this done. Let's not screw around. Let's not have some other team swoop in and get Carson Wentz. Let's just get this done now. He's an upgrade from what we got. It makes sense. Right. Right. Let's not not hold out for maybe something better. Let's not try to play hardball with the Colts because next thing you know, we're going to lose the guy. And that's the other point. Ron Rivera, coach of the team, said, does anybody really care what was traded for Matthew Stafford last year? So at a certain point, you just say, pay the price. We want the quarterback. We don't care what it costs. Two threes, fine. The third round pick becomes a second round pick if he takes 70% of the snaps, fine. Flip-flop second round picks, fine. We just need an answer at the most important position. You know, there was a time years ago, 2002-2003 time frame, my wife and I came very close to buying a house, and it all fell apart at the last second. And you learn a valuable lesson from that. Don't worry about little details when you get yourself into that kind of negotiation. You want something, you go get it. There's a car you want. You know you can fit the price in your budget. If you screw around here or there for a little bit more, a little bit there, and you lose it, you, you, you never remember how much you pay for the car. If it's a car you can afford, it's a car you want, you don't remember how much you paid for it, whether you, you save 500 bucks here, if you potentially lose the car. So I think that's the mindset yeah, I agree. that the commanders had. We want this guy. Uh, will we be criticized for giving up too much? Maybe. But if he upgrades our chances in a diminished NFC, then so be it. And the expectations are going to be low. People aren't rallying to buy commander season tickets as a result of this. This isn't a big star name, but it's a guy who was an MVP candidate, if not the likely MVP in 2017. And he has shown us 
some good things. No so doubt. I understand why they did it. I'm not saying he's going to be comeback player of the year, MVP candidate, or anything like that. There's some stuff they got to iron out, Chris. And the stuff they got to iron out is what went wrong in Indy. Yeah. No, and I mean, it sounds like what went wrong in Indy was a little bit what went wrong in Philadelphia. It seems like it's the same old story there. You know, do, 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 to what you said, first off, you're, he's certainly an upgrade. Let's just hit on the football thing. I mean, Carson Wentz, he's big, he's athletic, he does have a strong arm. He's definitely a better player than Taylor Heineke. He makes your team legitimate. And to your point again, yes, I mean, people don't forget, it is. He, he was an MVP if he doesn't tear his ACL. He's going to do that. 2019 carries a below-average Eagles team into the playoffs. I mean, really, almost single-handedly with no names on the offensive side of the ball. So there is potential there. But there's risk, as we see. Because, damn, the Colts gave up a whole crap load of picks and things last year to get Carson Wentz and took a tremendous risk. And for them to be getting him out of there in one year, I think says something, too. And it's not like there are a bunch of hotheads there in, in Indianapolis where they're just well, impatient. There's one. Well, maybe there's one, there's one but he had the had boss. enough. You're right. I mean, it seems like, and we talked about this last week, it seems like Wentz had Frank Reich in his corner. I don't know where Chris Ballard stood. I have a, I, I, I want to, I feel, I don't know this, that it was leaning towards more the Ursay side of which Ursay, obviously the king of the castle had seen enough. And, you know, all the regular rumors you kind of heard about Carson Wentz in Philadelphia kind of percolated throughout the NFL as the year went on too. And I think that's what's scary or at least a little risky for Washington commanders here with Carson Wentz. And we'll see where it goes. Report from Zach Kiefer of TheAthletic.com yesterday said that the concerns by some, Ursay and maybe others, lack of leadership, resistance to hard coaching, and reckless style of play. Exactly what the concerns were in Philadelphia. Exactly right. Exactly the same things. Yep. No, no difference. And here's my theory, Chris. I tried this yesterday on Miles Simmons on PFTPM. See, I get to workshop it there and then, and then uh, debut it here the following morning. I don't think Carson Wentz learned any lessons from what went wrong in Philly because he got safe harbor with a friendly coach in Indy. And the metaphor I used is problem child who gets passed from one family member to another family member, and the other family member is open arms. Oh, you're fine. Come on here. Yeah, yeah we right. want you. Come oh, move in. Oh, I don't in. need to fix anything now. I, right. right. Now he's been kicked out right. of the family. Now he's got to have the wake-up call. And maybe this is the time that he does it. And I have a high opinion of Ron Rivera as a head coach. Me too. And I think Ron Rivera is capable of saying the difficult things to Carson Wentz to iron out the issues. Because Carson Wentz has the hard part of the job down pat, relatively speaking. Yeah, got He's you. big, he's strong, he can throw, he can run. Right. It's the easier things, the little things, the things that anyone should be able to do that he needs to take care of. Submit to hard coaching. Become a better leader. And don't, don't hold on to the ball like it's the final play in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. Yeah. Get rid of it. Right. No, and I think that's, you know, ultimately, I, I think we've been spot on about this, you know. And, of course, I've had inklings of information, and I did a few radio hits out in Indy last week. I mean, we've discussed this. I mean, I, I think what we've said is, is very real. I think we both have a little bit of evidence from people we know to, to pull from here a little. Where, yes, Wentz, the vaccination thing was a real thing. 
I don't know who would bother. It probably bothered, bothered Ursay the fact that he did not get it. Hey, the quarterback of the team, the leader, the guy we don't want to really ever have to worry about, and we're paying the most money is the guy we got to worry about the most. So, sorry, everybody, even for the you know anti-vax crowd. That's just how the world works. One of your important employees that is 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 paramount to the success is not doing something to help the success happen. Yeah, the boss gets a little mad and goes, "Oh crap." We might not be as successful. I mean, shocker. So you have that, then below average play to start the year, then gets it going a little bit. But also, like we talked about, in the biggest moments, guess what struck? Oh, COVID, missed a week of practice, got to win one of the last two games of the year. One of them's a home game against the Raiders and the Jaguars, and he played bad football let alone with some of the bonehead mistakes you talked about. You sprinkle that in, and then you sprinkle in a guy that obviously has to work on his ability to relate to players in the locker room, right? That is the one thing you heard in Philadelphia, and that maybe he puts himself on a pedestal as compared to other guys there in the locker room, and you kind of hear those same type of things there in Indy as well. So that's where the commanders took the risk. I understand Indy abandoning ship there. And moving on, and we'll see where they go now, too, because they're, they're an interesting spot with an open position. Blowing that game week 18 at Jacksonville. Oh. Perfect bookend to being the only team to lose to Jacksonville the year before, although the Colts recovered to make to the playoffs, and they gave the Bills everything they could handle in the wild card round. But to lose that game, which was a de facto playoff game for the Colts, meaningless to a Jaguars team that was playing out the string with an interim coach who had no chance of getting the job. It wasn't like, hey, you know, if you win this game, maybe you're going to be. No, no. And they lose that game. Yeah. that I- I'm surprised Frank Reich didn't get fired the next day. I really am. Because Reich, as he said last week, stuck his neck out for Carson Wentz. Whoever's fault it was that this guy was the quarterback is gone. And Jim Irsay showed remarkable restraint and giving it one more try. But there's no way that Frank Reich and Chris Ballard were going to pin their employment on Carson Wentz. That's they knew right. damn well right. they had to get that guy out of there. And I think they would have cut him if they weren't able to find a trade partner. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked. It seems like it had come to that point. Like it was like we, we were tr- he's not going to be here. It, di- it did seem like it got there. And, hey, good for Jim Irsay not firing Frank Reich and, and because I still think he's a really good football coach. I understand Frank Reich liking Carson Wentz, but, hey, this is the issue, and this is the issue with the commanders because if it doesn't work, everybody's – this is where the the Carson Wentz risk is. If it doesn't work, everybody throws it in your face. Oh, look, it's Carson Wentz. What would you expect? I mean, we knew he did dumb things. That's what he does. He does Carson Wentz things. So, yes, to your point, that's where you hope Ron Rivera – can have some real talk with him. You hope Scott Turner can t- continue to help help him turn the corner. It is an offense, I think, that will fit Carson Wentz, you know, because of his skill set. But yes, he's got to improve in some areas on the field, off the field, and you know, if he can do that, then you know, as we've always talked about, Washington still, as a team, has potential to to make some noise next year. There's a real difference between public Ron Rivera and private Ron Rivera. The Amazon series, All or Nothing. A little edgier. They focus on the Panthers. Holy crap. He yeah. Talk, he's, his, his, his vocabulary is more colorful than yours. When he's, when <laughs> My he's kind of guy. Room. But <laughs> I, I could see him very no-nonsense, old-school conversations with Carson Wentz about what he needs to do. And to the extent that he believed he was on a pedestal, that pedestal has been kicked out from under him now. Yeah. He's been fired by the Colts. Last year, you could make the argument that 
he wanted out of Philly and he got out of Philly. Like, he won. See, again, what lessons did he learn about his own behavior and decisions in Philadelphia when he feels like he won with a trade that sends him to someone who understands him? Frank Reich understands me. He gets me. It's going to be fine. Now he's been thrown out by Frank Reich. I think that he's in a position where he's impressionable and Ron Rivera and company are going to be able to get through to him or not. And that's the other thing, too. This is last chance for Carson Wentz. We did the draft the other day. Teams or quarterbacks most likely to have a new uh, starting job in 2022. And Carson Wentz was my first pick. And I thought, well, are we sure anyone's going to make him the starter? And I looked around. It's like, yeah, somebody's going to make him the starter. Right. He's he's good enough to be someone's starter. He's not a Super Bowl quarterback, but he's good enough. When you consider Mason Rudolph in Pittsburgh, Taylor Heineke in Washington, he's good enough to start for somebody, and uh, he's going to be he's going to be that week one starter, assuming he's he's healthy. Because remember, there was a question about that last year in Indy, had the foot injury that popped up out of nowhere. That's another thing. Another thing that that was an issue clouded the relationship from the get go. Yeah, no, no, no question. I mean, yeah, there there was a lot of things there, definitely. You know, I, I think that's, you know, ultimately that's, that's where the Colts kind of just got exhausted by it. And then, you know, when you know, when you get to that point and there's exhaustion of, you know, whether he's the guy to lead the team and there's some things off the field and you're not just blowing it away on the field, that's when teams get sick of you. So we'll see. But there is potential, to your point, the guy is a good football player still. It was 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions last year. You know, there was still a lot of good. There was. I know we still had – it's just the worst moments came at the worst possible times for the Colts franchise. And that, you know, is a double whammy there too. Oh, and, you know, they had the Bucks game, some big interceptions in the second half. You know, you look down the stretch, hey, the Patriots game, they were in total control, did some dumb things there in the second half to let them have second life. And then, of course, what we know he did the last two weeks was, was underwhelming. Forget the stats too. That's where people look, you know, well, the Raiders game, the stats weren't that bad. Yeah, they were. They were that bad. There was big plays missed that were wide open. That'll just go down as an incompletion. But it's like, oh, no, this was a game-changing play or throw or this guy was this wide open and we didn't see him. So, uh, yeah, but, but if I'm Washington, I'm still excited because I do think it's a significant upgrade from the quarterback they had. And there will be no limitations on offense or pass patterns down the field. And that's where Carson Wentz is going to open up that offense a little bit for Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and, you know, Logan Thomas when he gets back from his ACL injury. I remember what promise Washington had last year in right? the season. Ryan Fitzpatrick gets injured week one. Taylor Heineke takes over. And that's that. So, uh, and, and I feel bad for Heineke, but he had his shot. He had his chance. All a guy can ask for is a chance. And it's the the ultimate accountability of wins and losses and what you do on the field. And at the end of the day, he didn't do enough. And now Carson Wentz gets chance number three. And he's back in the NFC East. He'll be back in Philadelphia this year. Obviously, they'll play the various teams in the NFC East twice. And he goes back to Indy. I love this, how the schedule works. When you're talking about moving from one conference to another, he goes back to Indy the first year. Russell Wilson goes back to Seattle the first year. This is great. It is And great. that game, other you know, Washington at Indianapolis, yeah, okay, fine. Now, okay, it could fine. be good. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Monday night game. That I feel like that'll be a Monday night game. I feel like I feel like, and again, we don't know anything about the scheduling. They never consult with us and never confer with us. But I just gut feeling, gut feeling. I see Broncos at Seahawks on a Sunday night or a late Sunday afternoon, and I see 
Carson Wentz going back to Indy on a Monday night. I, I just, can see I, that. I see that. Yeah, I can and see maybe, that. Maybe, or maybe hey, even a Philadelphia you know Monday night game, too, where he goes Listen, to Philly. You want to you get more people to dial up Amazon Prime on Thursday night, which is going to be a challenge because it's not on over-the-air TV and millions still rely on over-the-air TV. And the idea you have to go, you know, you have to have the right TV and Amazon Prime. And you, you, you give Washington and Indy to Amazon on Thursday night. Oh, boy. That's that's a way to get a lot of people signed up for Amazon Prime. Is it better than Washington at Philadelphia? You know, like, you know, like you could sell it like, hey, here's, you know, Carson Wentz versus the guy who stole his job and Jalen Hurts. Uh, and I'm just I'm just asking. I which think one. both. Yeah, I think both, both are good. Both. I know. And right. The, now, if it if it had been straight from Philly to Washington, like the Donovan McNabb trade, it would be even more compelling. But, you know, the one year gap in between takes some of the steam out of it. And I think most fans in Philly, they're not going to be mad at Carson Wentz. They're glad they got rid of him. So, you know, it's it's not like the guy who, who was really good and decided, screw you, Philly, I'm going to go somewhere else and pursue my fortune. They were like, get this guy out of here. We're done with him. So right. I don't know that there'll be the same venom, but, again, it's it's Philly. There's always going to be. The venom's always there. It's, well, you it's know implied. it. I got no problem with it. Yeah, I got I no problem it. with it. But right. uh, they'll find a way to get lathered up about Carson Wentz coming back to town. So you may be right. That game may be more attractive. You've talked me into it. Either way, yeah. they're both. They're, they're both. Very good. Washington, Philly. Washington, Indy. Right. Compelling games that otherwise would have been, why are we watching this? Because it's yeah. on TV. Yeah. Not yet. One, the whole uh, city kicked him out. The other, the owner kicked him out. So it's just whatever, whatever uh, storyline you like better. Now. There's another side of this that gets very interesting when you consider that dominoes have fallen. Options are limited, relatively speaking. What do the Colts do at quarterback now? Surely, surely it's not the quarterback who, at a very young and misguided age, once aspired to become Chris Sims, Sam Ellinger. Can't be him. I don't think so. Can't be him. No. No, I don't think it's him. No, I think it's somebody that's on another football team as of right now. I don't think the answer's on the Colts roster. Now, that's where it's like it gets really interesting because it seems like options are a little bit limited when you start to get down to, wait, guys that should be or are proven enough entities to be quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts, which is, uh, which is a team that I think we both view and a lot of people in f- football view is on the doorstep of being like a major pain in the butt in the AFC playoff picture. Who is that guy? I mean, the only guy that pops to your mind is Deshaun Watson, which I don't think that's happening. And that's another domino that we need to talk about here because, man, those those options are getting limited here for the Houston Texans as we go on. But then you look at Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, that's the other guy, and I want to go, damn, Jimmy Garoppolo's the, the the only other guy out there for this Colts team, a guy who's not that good at throwing the ball down the field, and the Colts like to throw the ball down the field and aggressive, a guy that – you know, we just had a quarterback who, you know, was here and his reps were limited because of a foot injury. And now we're going to bring a guy in that's got a shoulder injury and deal with that as he's learning the new offense and has no familiarity with Frank Reich and stuff. That's where I just, I mean, listen, I get it, but I don't get it. And that's where I'm going to be interested to see where this goes. Well, to the extent that the 49ers would be looking for a first-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo, they ain't getting it from the Colts, at least not this year, because their first-round pick belongs to Philadelphia because Carson Wentz played at least 70% of the snaps last year, triggering the bump from a 2 to a 1. I I just think that it's it's confusing 
given that you and I agree, and I think many people who follow the sport closely would agree that Carson Wentz has a higher upside than Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes. Right? He has a lower downside but a higher upside. The Colts pivot from one troubled, underachieving starter to another if they do get Jimmy Garoppolo. That's kind of confusing. I think they're in a position where they could aim higher, but where do you aim? Where do you look? Right. Who's out there? That is better than Jimmy Garoppolo walking through the door. This guy is going to be a a a guy who delivers not just a playoff berth, but some victories in a very difficult AFC. Who is I, yeah. it? Is I don't know. No, I, I don't really have one for you. And then you know the you know I there's do. well I do. Well, I know you like your you want Kirk Cousins to go there. That's what you want. Yeah, <laughs> your you, jersey is you on the selfish floor. bastard. Right you. Um, but but this is where I find it, you know, ironic, don't you think? I mean, again, we're getting rid of Carson Wentz because, you know, I know he does things that are, you know, uh, not the <laughs> greatest leader. injured. Yeah, 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 right. He's, he's been injured. He's not the greatest in the locker room. And he does dumb things on the field at times in the worst moments. I mean, I, does that not sound exactly like Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, I don't even. Well, it's like, well no, you know, I disagree on well, one point. Well, one, they the one point Jimmy about Garoppolo the locker, the locker room. room. They like him yeah. in the locker room, no doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt about it. Now, none of them can get in contact with him. That's the other problem, right? It's one thing. I, anytime I talk to a 49ers player, oh, I've, I've been calling Jimmy Garoppolo. He doesn't call me back. I, I've been calling him for a month. He doesn't call me back. He's kind of famous for that. That's one thing. But then you take on the fact of, like, dumb interceptions. I mean, Jimmy G's been a poster child for dumb interceptions. He's just had the 49ers and, the Shanahan, and Shanahan to hide it. I mean, come on. His last pass as a, as a 49er was dumb. I mean, what do you want to say? Driving at the end of the first half against the Packers. Dumb interception. I mean, he is literally famous for dumb interceptions. And that's where I just go, what? So, wait, we're going to get a guy that has less talent than Carson Wentz. And we're going to get a guy who... I don't know. I, I would say he's in the same not trust tree as Carson Wentz, too. And that's where, you know, again, I find it to be a very intriguing situation here for the Colts and the 49ers. Now, how much do you think the Colts would be attracted to Garoppolo because of the former Patriot angle? Because we know there are some deep-seated resentments still lingering between those teams, dating back to Deflategate, dating back to Josh McDaniels being ripped away from the Colts by whatever the Patriots were able to convince him of right. following Super Bowl 52. Not that the Colts are upset with that because they ended up being very happy with Frank Reich. But I could see some attraction to Jimmy Garoppolo simply coming from the fact that they're bringing him back to the AFC – and they're going to cross paths with the Patriots at some point, and Jimmy G will be the quarterback, and there's some attraction to that. Now, I don't know that that's enough to, to win the day, but again, who else are they going to get? Who else is going to be your quarterback this year? Russell Wilson would have been a very intriguing option for the Colts. Very intriguing. You could argue, he, well, he's obviously in a much better position to win the division in Indy than he is in Denver, and he's got, you could argue, a better team around him walking through the door in Indianapolis than he has in Denver. With Jonathan Taylor, are you kidding me? With that right. defense, right. with that offensive line? So, uh, I, he, it, this, look, the Cousins thing, I'm joking kind of. And the problem is, if you go get Cousins, it's a one-year rental because 
he's got a contract that if it's not extended, he becomes a free agent next year. The only way to keep him beco- from becoming a free agent next year is to use the franchise tag at $64 million because he'd be entitled to a 44% raise over his $45 million cap number because he's been tagged twice before. And it doesn't matter that the Colts have never tagged him or the Vikings have ne- never tagged him. Washington tagged him twice, so the next one is number three no matter who does it. That was uh, the result of a Drew Brees grievance that was filed 10 years ago when he was facing the franchise tag in New Orleans. Let's just be clear on what these rules are because he'd been tagged before. That's what it was. He'd been tagged before by the Chargers, and he wanted this to count as tag number two because once you get to tag number two, tag number three is never going to happen. And uh, now I, I, I say to myself, hey, it's a one-year rental, but Chris, who cares? The NFL is a one-year-at-a-time proposition now. No doubt, right. You, you, you need a quarterback in Indy. You've got a playoff-ready team in Indy. We get Kirk Cousins for one year. We'll worry about 2023 when 2023 comes. We want answers, and we want performance, and we want results in 2022. Let's go get this guy. $35 million salary. So what? We dumped the full $28 million of Carson Wentz. Dumped all of it. We thought we were going to get stuck with that. We, got, we dumped it. It's gone. Bye-bye. Gone. So I'm not trying to sell Chris Ballard on Kirk Cousins. Yeah, yeah, yeah you because, are. You hey, are. Vikings You're trying fans, to improve listen, your team wait, wait, <laughs> with justifying wait, wait. why it works for the Colts. <laughs> wait. I, I hear from Drew McGarry all the time about how badly he wants to get rid of Kirk Cousins. He tweets about it. We text each other about it. But who's your quarterback in Minnesota if Kirk Cousins is Thank isn't? you. That's what I wanted to ask. Right. Where are you going to go there? I mean, what's Minnesota going to do? Okay. Oh, yeah, Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, sure. I'll trade away Kirk Cousins just to make things good for you guys and the Colts, and I'll just figure it out here. And I, know that, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. You know, Tom Brady's mom grew up in Minnesota. Oh, uh, yeah, start those rumors now. Yeah, start that. Yeah, I mean, that would I'm be good. That's not yeah. a rumor. It's a fact. <laughs> no, I know. I'm saying start the rumors of Brady to Minnesota. I know. I know. Uh, but, but, you know, and, and, you know, Kirk Cousins, like a Carson Wentz, is also another guy that's kind of a lightning rod quarterback that way, where if it doesn't go well, everybody's going to go, well, I told you. I told you. It's Kirk Cousins. Why did we do this? I mean, Kirk Cousins has played really good football the last few years, and nobody really wants to give him credit. you know. And everybody still throws it in the face of the Vikings, the fact that they gave him a guaranteed contract, and you know, Case Keenum went to the NFC Championship, and Cousins hasn't gotten close. So there's that issue there, too, to where I'm going, man, does Chris Ballard and Frank Reich – really want to deal with, you know, the same type of talk and conversation with another guy there too, like uh, Kirk Cousins as in Carson Wentz. And I know Cousins is clearly better than Carson Wentz right now, but I, I still think there's some, some issues there. Indianapolis gives Kirk Cousins what the Vikings don't. He, they, they give him an offensive line that allows him to run the play that's called and never have to improvise into the play that wasn't called because he can't. The truly best quarterbacks right now in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, assuming that he, the, the, the mobility is there, and I think one of Josh the reasons Allen. mobility isn't there is his body's a little bit larger than it used to be. Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, right. Kyler Murray, if he's healthy, yep. guys who can make things happen when the play that's called isn't there. Kirk Cousins can't make the play that isn't there when the play that's called doesn't work. In Indy, better offensive line. Better, better, better running back. All due respect to Dalvin Cook, he's got Jonathan Taylor entering year three. He's got a better defense right now in Indianapolis. Definitely. The receivers aren't as good, but it's Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. What can you do? But, but still, I, I, I'm telling you, the Colts, the Colts should explore 
trading for Kirk Cousins, even if Cousins refuses to do an extension, they should explore trading for him because I think it's better for them. I think it's better for the Colts, even though it would put Minnesota in a very tough spot. And maybe the Vikings just won't want to trade him because of that. Maybe the Vikings are content to do a year with Cousins and worry about who the quarterback's going to be next year when Cousins can walk out the door and sign with Indianapolis if he wants to as a free agent. No, I mean, yeah, there's definitely that real possibility. It's a little like we talked with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks if it got to next year. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I understand that. But I just I don't I don't see that happening from from especially the Vikings point of view. But I think the point we're getting at here is just like, w- what are they going to do? I mean, if it's not Jimmy Garoppolo, who is really the guy out there? You know, after that, you get into bridge bridge quarterbacks you know the, the bridge the gap it's the it's the andy daltons it's the teddy bridgewater right it's the tyrod taylor it's do you want to take a chance on mitchell trubisky who's maybe got more potential and talent than those other guys but you know again was in a bad offense in chicago and there's a lot of negative thoughts around that guy i mean it's it's really fascinating to look at it right now with the colts i mean they're they're in a little bit of a predicament and you know you look out through the nfl too and just look at teams and rosters, and you start to go, okay, wait, are there, are there any viable backups we're missing that, you know, could be thrown in there and, and, and do something that way? And, you know, I don't know, Mike. I mean, I, I know I'm crazy and not that smart, but I just none jump off to me as I sit here and look at teams. I'm going through it. I mean, hey, Gardner Minshew's out there. I mean, you know, he's a backup to the Eagles. I, I, I don't think they're going to do anything with him there. But, I mean – it's 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 limited pickings as far as the guy that would fit that mold to go oh he's better than your average backup maybe he could be a starter you know uh, that that's it is it's limited out there and I don't know where they're going to go well to the extent that the Vikings would trade Kirk Cousins to the Indianapolis Colts I would be fine with bringing both Case Keenum and Teddy Bridgewater back and seeing what they can do in the Kevin O'Connell offense at a much lower rate. You have cap money available to address your needs on defense. And Kwasi Adolfo came from Cleveland. So, you know, he he knows Keenum. Stefanski knows Keenum. Keenum did well in Minnesota in 2017. And I'm sure at some point Adolfo and and Kevin Stefanski talked about what Case Keenum can and can't do. But I, I think Keenum is underrated, not that he would be a Super Bowl champion quarterback, but he almost got the Vikings there in 2017. People just kind of forget that. And I know it's been four years ago, going on to five seasons ago, but but we've seen that he can play well in the right setting. I will say this before we take a break, though. Yeah. And this is a quote from Tom Brady back in early 2018 when the Patriots were getting ready to go to Minnesota for the Super Bowl. It will be fun because my uncles still live there, my cousins. It's a great place. It's really special to go back there. The last time we played in Minnesota, I had a lot of people come, a lot of family and extended family. There will be a lot of great support in Minnesota. Look at all this crap you're starting today. You're trying to trade Kirk Cousins. You want Tom Brady to go to a rebuild situation in Minnesota for a year so you could just have a fun year. Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, that's a rebuild? Yeah, your defense sucks. Yes, you you have a lot of things that need to be fixed on that team. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Shut up with your Vikings crap, all right? Be quiet. What What if when Tom Brady tries to make his power play to get out of Tampa Bay, they say, that's fine, but we're not trading you to San Francisco. You got to pick another team. Okay, send me, send me home to my mother's home of Minnesota. Send me <laughs> I'm just, I don't think so. But, hey, wait. One thing I do want to hit on before we dream. go that I just think it's like it is interesting as far as you know, we spent so much time last year talking about it. During the trade deadline, we talked about it before the whole season. And here we are, 2022, 
Deshaun Watson, and there's only limited teams out there, and we don't know what he's going to do. You know, again, it's just one that I, I look at it and hey. go, the, 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 the worst nightmare for the Houston Texans is happening, it looks like, right in front of their eyes right now. Carson Wentz has been traded twice since Deshaun Watson <laughs> right. has to be traded. Right. Right. So, I, um, what are we looking I, at for Watson right now? Like, what teams? Carolina? Carolina maybe Carolina. Philadelphia, right? I know you and I heard rumors that that was a possibility during the season a little bit. I don't know if we talked about this on yesterday's show, but I think it came up when I was on KJR last night in Seattle as they are mourning the departures of both Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner. And actually, people in Seattle are more upset about Wagner. I can see that. Than, yeah. than Russell Wilson. Uh, Deshaun Watson to Seattle fascinates me because it was his rookie year. He had that epic game in Seattle where he actually believed. Remember he told us at the Super tore Bowl? ACL, that's where right? he thought he tore the ACL. Yeah. It just happened to go the rest of the way in practice a few days later, non-contact. After that game, Richard Sherman sought him out and said, what you did against us was better than what I've seen any quarterback ever do. And we've seen teams weather PR storms before. And I know that there is a reckoning that Deshaun Watson still has to face on these civil cases. And if it were up to me, they would have settled these a long time ago. And I'm not just saying throw money at it. It's a, you can do it in a way where you truly account for what you did and the justice that the people who believe they were wronged receive is, is the, the cash payment. That, that's what you're looking for when you file a civil lawsuit. So Seattle would be fascinating. And we're talking about, well, what if Minnesota trades Kirk Cousins what do they do? They could, they could make a play for Deshaun Watson. It's a new regime there. Yeah, it's not going to go over well at first, but once the guy starts playing and winning and doing the things that Kirk Cousins could never do in his wildest dreams, you're going to forget about that other stuff. There's no question. I mean, his, his, his play on the field, if he gets back to where he was before all this happened, you're right, is going to wipe, wipe away a lot of the concerns of the person itself. It is, and, you know, yeah, if, if you if you acquire Deshaun Watson, you're going to have to take your lumps. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, to your point yesterday, he's probably going to get suspended for a few games, added on top of that, and you're going to miss him there too. But, you know, again, the positives are you have a guy that's a top five-ish quarterback for the next eight or ten years, and you just hope that, okay, now on the field and off the field, you know, matches up and everything's good to go for the future. And that's where this current offseason, let's do everything we can to be competitive next year mindset needs to yield to the bigger picture. Hey, this is a 10-year play for Deshaun Watson. It is. And, yeah, we're probably going to not have him for a few games to start the season. And, and yeah, we're going to take a hit for now. But 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, we got a contending quarterback we got a contending team. That's what this is all about. So I, I think once we get past Friday, if he's not indicted on felony charges, we get past Friday, and I think that by Monday we're going to find out who's going to make the play for Deshaun Watson. The Colts aren't the only team looking for a quarterback currently. We're going to break down the others in need when this Thursday edition, Friday for Chris, of PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. 
But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The big question is the quarterback. No Big Ben for the first time in forever. You know, how much of a responsibility, you know, maybe I should say, do you feel to set up the team in the future, for the future in that position? You know, Chris, obviously Ben was a huge part of those two Super Bowl championships that that I referenced, and not having him will be different. Gotta be be, weird, right? It'll be the first time in 18 years, and you know, when I came in, we didn't have Ben, we got him a few years into it, so we gotta look at it as to what's next. We know he's not coming back. In previous years, it was he may not be coming back. Now we know for sure he isn't. So now we have some concrete uh, um, ideas about what we need to do. And we'll be open to every and every option possible. We already have Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins on the roster. Right. Uh, will we look at trades? Absolutely. Will we look at free agency? Sure. Uh, we'll look at the draft and we'll try to pick out the best way to maybe move on because we know we are moving on for the first time in 18 years. They're moving on from Ben Roethlisberger. They're moving in so far with Mason Rudolph. Look, I've been doing radio in Pittsburgh the past few weeks, and I know the folks there have some strong feelings. You cannot be serious about Mason Rudolph being your starting quarterback. I saw he was in studio with Jim Rome the other day. It's like, this isn't Marlon Brando. It's Mason Rudolph. I mean, we've seen enough. We've seen enough from Mason Rudolph. This isn't, oh, this guy's got untapped potential, and let's see what he can do. He's been quietly developing all these years. We've seen enough. Now watch, he's going to come out throw for 5,000 yards. But I I feel like we've seen enough. Yeah, I'm with you. I feel like we've seen enough, too. I mean, again, you know, I know it was still young in his career, but, I mean, they they put him on the bench for Duck Hodges. All right? Let's not forget about that. The play wasn't good enough when they went Duck Hodges. Just even last year. You talk about last year, the Detroit game where he plays. I mean, it was below average play. I mean, they tied Detroit because he missed some wide-open receivers and didn't play good enough, period. I mean, the, the Steelers coaches almost made comments about it after the game, basically saying, yeah, it wasn't good enough. He knows that. You know, Hey, talk about last preseason. I mean, we, we talked about, hey, is Big Ben going to have one more last gasp of you know good play? And then after that, we didn't talk about Mason Rudolph. We talked about, man, Dwayne Haskins looks good in the preseason. Man, maybe he's the heir apparent. And now we're just going to say Mason Rudolph's the guy? I mean, I got to think Pittsburgh's still looking. Of course, the draft is still an option there. Haskins does have potential, but I'm with you. I'm part of the crowd that goes, what? Mason Rudolph's going to be your starter? I mean, what what is there to look at to think that's going to work or going to have success unless your defense is just the most dominant defense in football? Chris, something you brought up recently, and we kicked it around, the idea of Deshaun Watson to Pittsburgh with Brian Flores there as an assistant coach. Flores was was very motivated to get Deshaun Watson to Miami last year, as were others in the organization. Right. Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette reported yesterday, as this notion of Deshaun to Pittsburgh was starting to gain some yeah. steam, our guy Sean King was throwing it out there, and King was with Mike Tomlin in Tampa Bay, so people are thinking, oh, he's hearing something. 
Jerry Dulac reports the Steelers are not interested. All caps are not they interested. Shut, they in shut that Watson. up. Yeah. So that means phone call from Art Rooney to Jerry <laughs> right. Dulac. Right. That's the only way that you go all yeah. caps are not. I know we're not supposed to speculate on sources. That's the only way you go all caps are not is if the boss calls and says, please shoot this down now. We are not trading for Deshaun Watson. Agreed there. I mean, some it's somebody there. It's somebody with the voice of Art Rooney, uh, you know, that's calling. Whether it's his assistant or, you know, the head of media. It's Art. For something it, like this, yeah, it's Art. The head of media maybe just going, hey, I'm calling on Mr. Rooney's behalf. And he just wants you to tell you know, that there's no freaking way that's happening. I mean, you're right. That, that was a defiant no, and that squashed that rumor in a hurry. So, that's so what I, do you do? What do I, you do? I don't know, What do you man. do? I don't know what Jimmy to tell Garoppolo? you. I mean, yeah. Wouldn't Jimmy, it be something if the Steelers and Colts get into a bidding war over Jimmy freaking Garoppolo? I, I mean, it's possible. I mean, again, Pittsburgh has some parts of their team where you look at it and go, damn, there's some things that I still like. And there's, you know, they could still be a pain in the butt in the AFC next year. Uh, but they got to figure out what they want to do. And you're right, as we've talked about. I mean, Jimmy G really seems to be the only guy out there, all right, that has real experience that you'd go, okay, we can win with this guy. Uh, there's Jameis Winston out there, and we know that, but there's questions, and he's coming off an ACL injury. So, I mean, man, the, the options are limited. And I'm just I'm kind of shocked we're in this situation with some of these teams. And, and what it really does is I think it's, you know, just sit here at first glance, and I go, it's going to help all these guys in the draft. It's going to help all the draft quarterbacks that we know this is kind of an underwhelming, not as talented class of guys we've seen, but – now they're going to get overvalued because I think we're going to have some teams here. They're going to go, damn, we don't have a quarterback. We need to do something. We need to get somebody for at least this year or the thought of next year. Uh, so it might boost the, the draft guy's stock here a little too. This is one of those years where teams go back in their files and look at their scouting reports for players who entered the NFL via past drafts. And only the Steelers know what their 2017 intelligence was on Mitchell Trubisky. That's one that stands out to me as a possibility, depending right. on what they thought of him back in 2017. When you look, I mean, if you're thinking about, you know, a Ben Roethlisberger type, the, the, you could argue there's some young Ben Roethlisberger and sure. Mr. Trubisky, couldn't you? Couldn't yeah, you? definitely. Yeah, he's got the ability to kind of run around in the pocket, make plays that way, and still throw the ball down the field. Again, I think Mitchell Trubisky was unfairly treated in Chicago, as we've talked about. Yeah, he'd be a guy that, you know, if I was looking to go, wait, all right, we don't really know. There's nobody out there that just smacks us in the face. Here's a guy that either way is a, can be a really good backup or has a chance to be actually something. Trubisky is that guy. I mean, you look at him, you know, Mariota, I will say, I, you know, again, there's another guy. He did go to the playoffs with the Tennessee Titans. We know there's some potential. You brought it up yesterday. There's a little bit of an injury history. There's no doubt. You know, throwing the football, he's not the greatest thrower, you know, as far as starting, starting quarterbacks are considered, but still very good. You know, the, the, that's the names we're getting to here, I think, with some of these teams we're going to bring up, and, and, of course, Pittsburgh being one of them. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, currently the top of the depth chart is Blaine Gabbert. At one point last year, Bruce Arians said, I assume with a straight face, that Blaine Gabbert is the most underrated player in the National Football League. <laughs> he's their best option for now. Kyle Trask is a guy they burned a second-round pick on last yeah. year. Who knows if he's ready? By all appearances, he's not. What do they do as they leave a light on for Tom Brady? But, you know, as I said yesterday, they can go ahead and turn that light off. 
He's not playing for the Buccaneers. No, he's not. He's never right. playing for the Buccaneers again. That's no. over. That's done. The only question is, does he play for someone else? Yes. So who do the Buccaneers get? And as I've said, Teddy Bridgewater was their plan B two years ago if they didn't get Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, you get into the Teddy Bridgewater conversation. I mean, that, that would be one team that I would go, you know, again, I know that you got to talk about this with ownership and everything. But this, this is one team that I seriously look at and go, why would they not be in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes? Why? Why? This is a team that we know, again, it doesn't matter. They are a Super Bowl contender. You know, I know they lost Tom Brady. It's still a really talented football team. You know, th this is the one place I look at that I feel like people are not talking about Deshaun Watson to this place enough. And, again, I don't know what the Glaziers, you know, stances on the situation, uh, but – but, man, I just look at the Bucks and go, they're Super Bowl ready. They're still a Super Bowl team. I just have a hard time believing they're going to trust it to Blaine Gabbert. And I know Bruce Arians says a lot of great things about Kyle Trask. He obviously liked what he saw this year. But, man, is he ready to take over a team that's, you know, looked at as an NFC power? Uh, I don't know. i got to see that to believe it. By the way, Steelers and Buccaneers among teams that have openings apparent if not obvious at the top of the depth chart later in the show we'll talk about teams that are maybe more in the middle ground but right now Steelers clearly need an upgrade Buccaneers clearly need an upgrade all due respect to Blaine Gabbert Saints clearly need an upgrade when you've got Taysom Hill recovering from the Liz Frank injury and look he hasn't been horrible he hasn't been great. Right. Clearly, they're going to be looking for somebody. There was right. a report at one point linking Jimmy Garoppolo to the Saints. Maybe we have a three-way bidding war for Garoppolo. What do you think the Saints do, knowing that they potentially could bring back Jameis Winston, who's recovering from the torn ACL? They've got Taysom Hill. They've got Ian Book. Trevor Simeon's floating around. You know, a lot of continuity on the coaching staff, even though Sean Payton's gone. Do they go for continuity in the quarterback room? I, I think they will. I feel like, you know, things are pointing in that direction. You know, I mean, first off, your, your Jimmy G thing is, is real because you, you sit here and look at it and go, yeah, there's three or four teams here that are kind of good, and the 49ers might be fortunate enough to get these teams into a bidding war and get more than they should for Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, but I don't think the Saints are a team right now that's going to be looking to leverage anything for the future. They're kind of in a transition period, and I think they will stay. Hey, you know what you got in Taysom Hill for the most part, and you know he wants to play quarterback, uh, so th at least that's there You know, when he does get healthy. And I think they made the comment last week, I think it was Mickey Loomis, I believe, that made the comment that they, they want Jameis Winston back and that they were hopeful that Jameis wanted him back. And, you know, from Jameis's perspective, I would think, hey, that would be a, still a good spot. They know you. They like you. They know what they're going to get. They seem to be, you know, bought into you to a degree. Uh, I feel like the Saints are probably one of those teams that I look at that's going to be sign Jameis back, have Taysom Hill, and try to kind of evaluate it from there. We mentioned the Seattle Seahawks earlier as a potential destination for Deshaun Watson. If they are interested in making that trade, they clearly have the assets now to make that trade if they choose to do it other than Deshaun Watson. And there's a report that the Seahawks do have interest in Deshaun Watson. I'm not sure who's who, who that report comes from at this point, but there is a report out that there's interest um, other than Watson. What's out there for the Seahawks? Is it Drew Locke? Is it Geno Smith? Is it someone else? Uh, I mean, yeah, maybe Tyrod Taylor's another name that I, I would, I would think about up there. 
You know, he could play a brand of football I think that Pete Carroll would like. He doesn't turn the ball over. He can make a few plays with his legs. He's a good deep ball thrower. You know, that would be a guy I would look at. You know, uh, the Seahawks are a team that, you know, depending on how the draft plays out, that I don't think will be scared to draft. If they had a draft, I know they don't have their first-round pick, but if they have to draft a quarterback in the second round, and I think they got a second-round pick. I probably should have set, looked this up before I started talking about it. Or if they got to trade up late into the first round to get a guy they like, I, I could see them being that type of team that would do that too and just go, you know what, we're going to start over with – our draft, build through the draft, get a value quarterback, and build the team. I could see them going that angle, Mike. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I just worry about a young quarterback stepping into that. Yeah, that's a tough Russell one. Wilson's I get spot. you. I know it's going to be tough to do. And and here's the question from Deshaun Watson's perspective: Do you want to go to a rebuild, a clear rebuild, right. a clear and obvious rebuild? Yeah, you got DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Your offensive line isn't great. We've already seen him run for his life in Houston. He would be reunited with Dwayne Brown if they keep Dwayne Brown because he's a free agent. But I don't know that that's a spot. That, if, you're, if you're Deshaun Watson, you're looking at the spots in uh, the NFC. Carolina. Carolina's always been interested. They would have traded for him last year with the criminal investigation pending, with the 22 civil cases pending. Just before the trade deadline, it was 80-20. Miami or Carolina, if he was traded. He chose to only waive his no-trade clause for the Dolphins. He's at a point now where he's got to take a broader step back and say, you know, look, it's not like they're lining up out the door for me. i got to pick a spot here. But when you look at the NFC teams, I don't know where Seattle fits because this isn't the Seattle Seahawks of, of even three years ago or two years ago. This is a different team that is tearing it down and trying to build it up again, and I don't know that bringing in Deshaun Watson makes a dramatic difference right away unless he would bring with him a bunch of free agents because it's Deshaun Watson and I want to go play with him. Yeah, I'd be scared. I would, you know. And, and two, you know, I mean, just, you know, if I'm Seattle, I look at it and go, damn, we just acquired all these assets and everything for Russell Wilson. What are we going to do, throw him right back down to Houston and really, you know, okay, we got the quarterback, but we still got 74 different holes to fill in the roster. I'm with you, and then also I don't think it like you, to your point. I don't think Deshaun Watson's going to look at that and go, "Oh, that's an appealing situation." There's just too many unknowns up there right now. There really is. Whether it's offensive line play, running back situation, how long Pete Carroll's going to coach for, uh, the defense itself, we know is kind of in a, in a rebuild. So that's where I, I do find that interesting. I think the other names, you know, I, I think that's where we've gotten with Watson a little bit. I mean, I do think it's it's got to be down to Carolina. Tampa like we talked about and the Eagles are still a team that I'm going to throw in there because I just I hear too many things still that that could be a possibility and we know that was you know being tossed around in Philadelphia last year so I look at those that's the playoff team I know that's the other than the Bucks other than the Bucks that's the playoff team in the NFC yes that's it that's it Carolina has potential as we've talked about but that's scary too he'd probably like damn you know hey I like DJ Moore I like some of these receivers they got down there that's it's awesome you know, Christian McCaffrey. But he's got to also sit there and go, well, wait, is Matt Rule going to be there next year? You know, where is that Where is that going? So uh, that's where you start to think about it from Deshaun Watson's angle, and you go, man, it just seems Tampa and Philly are, are maybe more of the ones that, that jump out more than any other. Okay, so we have addressed now the Steelers, the Bucks, the Saints, and the Seahawks as teams that need quarterbacks now. 
we're going to slide toward teams that have quarterbacks but maybe would be interested or wise to look for an upgrade. We'll do that when this Thursday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. Treat Dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts Dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's Day with gifts up to 60% off. 